absolutely yes i loved it really from from very early on very keen on using automatic pens round brush calligraphers type designers letter cutters in stone and wanted to use calligraphy in a graphic the early days of letter exchange and i was talking to you about the letter Hi everyone and welcome back to Calligraphy Masters podcast. If you watch my last two podcasts, you know uh, I'm, I started giving prints, <laughs> prints away for the people who are commenting on the under the podcast episodes. So the winner of last week's will be the pinned comment under this video. Before this podcast starts, if you're new to the channel, subscribe, like the video. And if you want to get a chance to win one of those prints next week, drop a comment after you watch the podcast with your favorite moment. Today's episode is with Rachel Yallop, a super nice lady that uh, we spoke last year. Just now when I was editing the podcast, I was smiling all the time and like apparently during the whole talk we were having fun uh, i mean it was cool so i hope you enjoy the podcast so hi rachel how are you i'm fine thank you thank you for asking me tell us like i don't know so much about your background maybe there is information online but i prefer to learn from people and also the people who don't know anything about you i'm pretty sure there a lot of people know who you are but at the same time there's a lot of new people coming into calligraphy who don't have such a big idea about uh, people with the skills like like yourself. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I was very lucky in that both my parents encouraged my love of art. So I, I loved, as a child, you know, I loved drawing and doing any kind of art subject. Um, and in fact, I remember um, when I was 50, I had a, a, a big birthday party and my brother managed to dig out um, some school reports from when we were children. <laughs> and, uh, and he had one from when I was only four years old and it said, Rachel is very good at art. <laughs> So, uh, so it goes back a, a long way, and I'm nearly sixty now. So, so that, so that's a long time. <laughs> okay. Wow. Um, yeah. So I, I loved, I loved art, and my parents were were very, key, you know, keen to encourage me and so on, and um, and so um, they were more than happy that I went to art college when I left when I left school, and um, then you did something called a foundation course. So you do a year at, at a usually your local art college and where you do all sorts of different subjects and to do, you know, drawing and um, uh, well, graphics and various different things so that you could decide what you might like to do um, for when you went on to do a, do a degree. So I chose graphics um and uh I, actually yeah and i went to ravensbourne college of art which is just outside london um to do my graphics degree and it was it was so long ago <laughs> Uh, uh, more than 40 years ago um that you could they still did calligraphy as part of a graphics course um which i'm not sure would, would really happen now but it was looking back i mean that was so important because if you think when you're um using type um uh, what what font to choose and and so on if you know where that type comes from because ultimately it does come from um from calligraphy 
um, and drawn letter forms and so on. Um, so it was actually very, very important as a as a designer to to learn about calligraphy to help you with with graphic design. So that is how I I started when I was at art college. Although I recently remembered that my mother had um, been a teacher, and when she was at teacher training college, she had done some calligraphy, and she still had her. Um, her pens and I think some exemplars and so on. And I think when I was about 15, she she showed those to me and I've still got the pens now actually. Um, and I had I had a bit of a go then. So I'd had, I'd had just done a little bit before I started properly at, at art college. So- I'm really curious, like, as you said, you, you were like focused on art in general, but- <laughs> When you discovered calligraphy, was it something you felt it's more special than the rest? Did you have love for letters all your life or is it something that happened when you went to college? Interesting. Um, I, did, I did enjoy handwriting and, and I, would, I would change my handwriting every so often. I, I was taught a style which is called Marion Richardson back in the 60s, uh, which was very round. And so I wrote like that a bit as a child. Then I thought, well, I don't like this. I'm going to change it. And so I would do a much more italic style. Um, and, I, and I would alter letters and how I did things. Yeah, so I suppose, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. I did, do, I did do a little bit of sort of playing around with letters before I, I even yeah, did calligraphy properly, yes. Oh, I, think, I think it's funny because I myself, I remember from very small, I, I like, I fell in. I was always in love with letters in different ways, and the youngest I remember, I just wanted to write very beautiful, like some of my classmates were. And I was always like, "Wow, how is he writing so beautiful? I want to do the same." Well, so yes, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. funny to to hear like different people they have different ways, but it's funny to hear that you, you had it the same way. Yes, yes, yeah. So when you started in college, like, uh, was it? something that take, took your attention at all or it was through some years it developed naturally? Or... No, as soon as I started doing it, I was just gripped by it. Yeah, I'd, I, I was, yeah, addicted from the start. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I absolutely, yes, I loved it really from, from very early on and um, yeah. And, and I, I always, you know, I say it is my life's work. Doing calligraphy is, is what I do. And uh, apart from anything else, it's, uh, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I've always loved it. With what scripts did you start? Like, was it something that you start specific or you started with something and you wanted to learn another script? Like, how did your script love develop? Because, yeah. you know? for example, yeah. I started because of Fracture. Oh, did you? Right, yes, yeah. Um, at college, we learned all the, the sort of traditional things like Roman capitals, and then we did a foundational around hand, and, and we did italic, and so we and we went through those. But one thing I think is was very important is that we didn't spend, say, a long time just doing round hand. Um, we would do, say, round hand in the morning, and then in the afternoon, we'd get our automatic pens or other tools and do something much more um, expressive. 
Um, and so we ran the two together. We ran the formal and the informal expressive gestural, whatever you, you like to call it. Um, we ran those, those thing, two things together. And I think looking back, I think that was very important to, to not, I mean, obviously you, you need to um, learn the basics very uh, thoroughly and so on. But I think it was good that we did the two, we did the two together. I think that helped. When I was learning um, calligraphy at, at art college, I was introduced to the work of German calligraphers, 20th century German calligraphers, people like Friedrich Poppel, his um, student Werner Schneider, um, and um, you know, and and other calligraphers of that period. And I was just amazed by that work. I absolutely loved it right from the start and thought, wow, this is, you know, this is it. This is what I want to do. So right from a very, from very early on, I, I was following that sort of route. I, I loved, uh, particularly Werner Schneider, I, I love his, his work. I never heard this name, like... Uh, <laughs> yes, no, yeah, there are a group of, hmm, the group of German calligraphers in the... Which period is this? Like that they were living and doing art? Um, well, Werner uh, sadly died very recently, but he was born, I think, in 1935. Um, and, uh, and, and Friedrich Poppel was his um, teacher. And so he, it would have been in the 50s, perhaps, the 1950s, 60s. Um, and I was at college in the early 1980s. So they, they were sort of early to mid um, 20th century um, calligraphers, yeah. And, and, and going on, you know, beyond that as well. But yeah, there, there's a very definite sort of style of, of of German calligraphy at that period, which which I absolutely loved and was a big sort of opener for me. You know, I just thought, now this is calligraphy. <laughs> that, that's funny because, like, I, mostly I know your work is like with pointed uh, pointed nibs, right? Like uh, copper yeah. plate, or I don't know, is it round hand? Because because I know from Paul Antonio that there is a huge difference from uh, round hand and copper plate, but. At the same time, some people they think they are the same. Yes, so, yes. what what exactly is your work like? Those works in your profile that I'm referring right now to. Yes. So the copper plate came a little later, um, and but very early on from college, and then the first few years, I was very keen on using automatic pens, round brush, um, and ruling pens, and I still ruling pens now um I will ambrush actually I do, I do I do all sorts of all sorts of different things but I think sometimes people j just know me for for copper plate but I have other things. <laughs> why, why, why do you think is that like don't you upload uh, your other stuff as well I do uh, yes I do but do you know I find when I post things say on Instagram um I get far more likes for something that's copper plate <laughs> than I do for other things and I think oh this is this is what people enjoy seeing so I'll post that so, no yeah. you shouldn't think this way you know Instagram oh, right. Instagram works in in crazy ways I mean they change the algorithms all the time so just because something is not as liked as the other things doesn't mean yes. people don't like it just it it's something Instagram is very weird but I'm pretty yes. sure people would love to see yes. different things from you 
right? I will take note of that then. <laughs> um, yes, but the copper plate, I started that in, let me think, about 1995, I would say. Um, and I just, you know, I saw examples and I kind of began to be interested and thought, oh, I wonder, you know, if I could do that. And I had a friend who did copper plate and, and showed me a bit about how to get started. And then very soon after that, um, French calligrapher Jean Lachet came over to England to, to teach a workshop, a week, I think it was, on copper plate. So, you know, um, great, I sign up to it. And, and that is how, that is really how I got started on that through, through him. Um, so yeah, and I think I went to another workshop of his a little bit later uh, as well. But that is how, because my, my copper plate is very much what I call the swelling line in the all strokes, they start fine, they swell to a thickness in the middle, and then they return to a slender finish. Whereas a lot of copper plate, the, the, the general stuff that you would see is not like that, in that there are squared off endings to letters, start and, and, and finishes to letters. But I have always done the swelling line and that I got that idea from Jean, he, he did that. So this uh, is something that you've learned or is something that you felt like it has to be your own? Um, now I learned that that way of doing it from him yes and then I just really like that um, that way of doing it so I have I have carried on. Because like I, I haven't seen many people copper plate like I don't actually think I've seen anyone that has copper plate that looks like yours. I mean, when I see your right. work, I, I know it's your copper plate, you know? Yes, well, that's good. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I owe Jean Larcher that, his, his way of teaching. And obviously, I then started to develop it myself. Um, and, and it kind of, you know, went, went from there, really. Yeah. So um, how, how much did it take you to develop it and that you felt like, okay, I feel comfortable with the script yes. and I like how it turns out. Yes, yes. Well, a, a while, I would think, you know, two or three years, probably, I would think. Um, but, you know, I look back now at early work, copper plate idea, and I thought, oh, no, look at that. You know, well, it wasn't terrible, but, you know. <laughs> um, but it takes, it takes a long time to get to get good at copper plate, it, yeah. It takes a lot of practice, like everything else. But yes, I don't know, I'm, I'm mostly into like broad edge pen calligraphy and it's I feel more comfortable and it's also what I like. With copper yes. plate, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm kind of afraid from pointed nips. It's like, <laughs> Paul Antonio has been like so mad with me. He gives me access to his classes. I have his copper plate manual. I just, I don't yes. know. For me, <laughs> copper plate is super hard. I don't know. Why. Yes, yes. I do think it's hard. I really do. And I think one of the th reasons um, is that with the pointed nib, of course, you have to make the thick and thin stroke. Um, and you have to put the, you know, apply the pressure at the right time so that the, the nib will open up and you get the swelling line. And then, and then of course, release the pressure so it goes back to thin. Whereas when you're using a broad edge tool, at least you've got, the, the tool is the, is the right shape for, the, for, for making a broad edged letter. 
yeah. because it's a broad edge tool. Whereas with the pointed one, you you just have to do everything. Not only do you have to make the letter shape, obviously, and do, do all the spacing and all that, but you've got to make the thick and thin as well. And I think that that is that that's one main difference between uh, a pointed pen script and a broad edged pen one. And I think that I think that's that's it's quite hard that to get the weight in the right place. You've learned also other scripts. Does does it mean like copper plate is the hardest to learn? Did you have any issues like or something that was really hard for you to learn before yes. you came to copper plate? Uh, I think complete is probably the hardest. Yes. Okay. Yeah, then I, I should stay probably. away from it. I mean, copper plate is cool, but what I see in myself and with a lot of the new younger generations is like people don't have the patience and they just want to learn everything right now, right here. And yes, I think that's true, actually. Yes, I think it is true. And it takes, because sometimes people will say, how long does it take to learn this or how or whatever, you know? And then I always say, it takes a lifetime. Well. <laughs> um in the and in that you need to you know commit okay i mean i suppose you know if you if you spend every day doing it there is going to be a time when when you will become good at it because just through through practice but it takes i think it takes many years because you're because you develop over the years you you do you just become better over, mm -hmm. as years go by become better at it if you keep practicing of course so. Okay, and then at what point in your life you realized, uh, or you actually turned this into profession? When you were like, and how did you start it? Was it uh, teaching people? Was it uh, doing some commission work? No, I started. Um, I was either well, I was either very brave or possibly very foolish, in that I started as soon as I left art college. So I thought I want to do calligraphy um, and I, I want to, you know, have a job as a calligrapher, do make a living as a calligrapher. Um, and the only way to do that really was to become self-employed because you couldn't, you know, get a job at a, at a company or whatever as a calligrapher. Um, so, so I became self-employed uh, as soon as I left college, when I was, I don't know, tw probably 23, I think, uh, because I did a, I did a master's as well. So, um, yeah, I, I was about 23. Um, yeah, and I, um, and I wanted to, I did know that I wanted to use calligraphy in a graphics context. So, um, and I knew that there were um, graphic design consultants out there who were, say, for example, redesigning packaging. Um, and and they might need calligraphy or some hand lettering for um, for the label of you know I don't know a bottle of wine or something um, and uh, yeah and so I wrote to lots of people um, and I, I did a brochure a sort of leaflet thing and I sent that out with it and amazingly enough <laughs> people phoned me up. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and and so it started but it did take it took quite a while before it really 
sort of took off, obviously. Um, but I would keep doing promotions, but of course this is before we had social media <laughs> to do that. So I would actually, you know, I would send, I would, I would mail, I would do what we'd call a mail shot. I would, I would mail out uh, a leaflet with, with um, designs and things on it. Yeah. Um, and then how turn this later? Because I know you do some workshops, like at what point in your life you, you felt like you can teach people or was it some people requesting from you teaching? Yes. Um, let me think. So in a, um, yeah, gosh, I want to know this now. Yeah, in, in 1988, the society called Letter Exchange which is a society for professional calligraphers, type designers, letter cutters in stone and so on. That started in, in 1988. And um, I went along, I was invited to, to be a founder member to join. And I went along to the, the meeting and there I met a man called John Gibbs who taught at Reigate School of Art in, in Surrey. In, and they had a, a, a calligraphy department there um, and I was I was chatting to him I was probably being um, um, I don't know some forthright views or whatever and he said you need to come and teach at Reigate <laughs> and I said but I've, I've never talked before and he said oh don't worry about that you'll be fine <laughs> wow <laughs> so um, yeah so I went down there for a sort of a bit of an interview and um, and I was accepted to do a, a part time. So one day a week I did. Yeah. Um, in the graphics department, but teaching a certain amount of graphics, but also um, calligraphy to the graphics students. And I was there, oh, you know, probably about 10 years or so. I, I, I was there doing doing a day a week. Um, and then I also taught at Epsom Art School again, just sort of a part time for one term, say. So I did a, I did a bit of that, and then people did, um, for instance, the regional calligraphy societies in this country, of which there are, there are quite a few. I would be invited to go and and teach a, a Saturday workshop, or you know, and so I started to do that um, quite a bit as well. Yeah, so that's that's how that that began really all because I went to the first letter exchange meeting <laughs> wow. and what, what are this are you teaching only copper plate script or you teach other oh no stuff as well? no I teach lots of different things yes okay yes. What, what are you teaching so um well um lit on, on my website there's a, a page which shows workshops and so on so that that could be that could be looked at but one of the things um, is I do a, um, a, a flat brushed workshop um, doing abstract designs and large letters using a flat brush um, I've got um, uh, a, another one called drawn shaded letters then the various ruling pen classes using different ruling pen techniques, using different sorts of ruling pen from cola pens and down to pointed ruling pens, for example. Um, an italic, a sort of a, a, a large kind of rhythmic italic, that's another one. Uh, so yeah, and, and copper plate variations is, is, another, is another one. Yeah, so all, all sorts of different things actually. Which of 
how of these is your favorite to teach people and why? Oh gosh, that's a difficult one. <laughs> <laughs> why? Um, yes, yes. Oh, well, I see. I love them all. Um, I think, yeah, I probably, I, at the moment, I'd be favoring ruling pen um, workshops and copper plate variations. Okay. Yeah. And you, you teach on Zoom right now at the moment? Or? So I, <clears throat> I have done since the, you know, the start of the pandemic, um, I was approached by one, two people to, you know, and it, then it went from there. And over the last couple of years, I've actually taught a lot of, of, um, of Zoom workshops. Yeah, for people all over the world. I see. But you do them on your... You have your own platform or you do collaboration with some people? So I don't have my own platform at the moment. Um, and but I've been invited to by, uh, for example, um, there's a calligraphy society in, in Australia and I was due to travel to Australia to to teach. Okay. Um, but obviously that that couldn't happen. So they thought, well, let's do it on online in, in, instead. So they set that up and, and we had a, a, a little course. And there's also the European Pointed Pen Collective. They're, they're a lovely group. I've done an, um, a number of workshops for them, but they, they have organized them and, and then, um, and then I, I teach them, yes. Cool, so this means like, if I organize something with calligraphy masters, would you be willing to teach? I would be, yes, I'd be delighted. Okay, yes. that's awesome. Okay, yes. then I'll keep the like, let me just write this because I don't want to speak about it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's, let's go back to your copper plate. You, mm. At the point where you were more <clears throat> like involved with the copper plate, were there other calligraphers who were doing copper plate that were inspiring you back then? Also, what? Are you a person who, because I know traditionally copper plate has to be written with uh, a straight pen holder, but at the same time, our days, many people are writing copper plate with the oblique holder. Yeah, yes, they so are, yeah. With, uh, you, I, I guess you're doing it with a straight holder, right? I am doing it with a straight because um, when I had the classes with Jean um, Larcher, he always used a straight holder. You know, we'd have the materials list. This is what you need, and so on. Um, and and I realized sometime after that some people did use an oblique, and I just I think I I did get, try it, but didn't particularly like it. I like the the straight holder because it affords more pen manipulation, which I think is actually very important, particularly if you're doing any kind of variation. Hmm. Um, and um, yeah, I I I would always always go for a for a straight holder. Well, um, which, which means you learned it by traditions, because Paul has explained that's good. Yes. explained to me that oblique pen holder was created only for Spencerian and nothing else. Right. Okay. And I yeah. don't know like how or who started using uh, like uh, oblique holders for copper plate, as you are not able to produce the accurate copper plate letters with the oblique holder. There will yeah. be some yeah. some differences, which I cannot explain as good because yes. I'm not Paul. Yes. yes. But yeah, yeah. He, he's yeah. spoken about this. Yes. No, I I've um, had students in classes who uh, are my copper plate variations styles, 
who have said, oh, I'd normally use an oblique holder when I'm doing a formal script, but now I see with the variations, I need to use a straight one because they need it, as I said, it affords more pen manipulation. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, yeah, I, I, I would always, always have a, a, a straight one. Yes. And about some names that were influencing you or like inspiring you to write some other calligraphers, more traditional masters that may not be so known nowadays. I mean, I think it was really, uh, it was really Jean uh, who's, you know, who, who I, I, I loved his work and, and, and followed, you know, f followed what, what he did. So he really was my, to be honest, really my sole inspiration on, on it. Yeah. Okay. Like, um, where I don't know this guy. Like, this is the first time I hear him. Like, uh, is does he has any books? Can I find his work online? So, or? um, yeah, he now he died about five years ago. Now I would say five or six years ago, but um, he's you can still see his work online if you just put his name into Google or whatever. There is a website which shows um his work and he did he did copyright but he did ruling pen stuff he did all sorts of things mm -hmm. um so yes jean lachet yeah. so you said you've done only like workshops and attending classes did you ever used any books or can you remember some books that helped you in your beginning yeah i think um certainly with um the copper plate the 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 universal penman the the bickham one um, of course, it's not a uh, it's not an instructional book, but it is just full of of examples, and they are engraved letters actually, uh, rather than um, at least I think they are um, rather rather than um, written ones. But they're just at, there are pages and pages of beautiful script, and uh, and I found that um, inspirational on on that front. Um, and I don't know, you know, other books from early days with things like modern scribes and lettering artists um, was, was a great one. And another one that I'm looking at my bookshelves recently was 60 Alphabets by Gunlager Bream. And that was sort of is like a page for um, well, a double page for each person. And that's how I began to see that there were people all over the world doing calligraphy and and I could you know became familiar with their work through through that that one book really um 60 alphabets yes by Gunlager Bream he is Icelandic I think I'll check that sounds interesting yes yeah and another one I liked the mystic art of written forms and that's a Friedrich Neugebauer so again one of the German calligraphers from you know from mid sort of 20th century uh, full of all, you know, all sorts of. I like it's it's crazy how many like German calligraphers there are actually. I mean, when I started, I knew only about Hermann Zaff and Rudolf Koch, yes. but obviously yes. there there are so many. Like even some of the names that you are telling me, I'm like, why <laughs> I don't know those names? Yes, 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 yeah. Well, it's probably because I'm a little bit older than you. Maybe that's yes, why. <laughs> yes, of course, but. <laughs> That's why it's also cool to make this podcast. Yes. Where yes. I would find such information or some other people like that's super awesome. And do you have any favorite nips for for copper plates? Also, yeah. in your beginning, was you using specific 
kind of nibs that you changed later on and what was the yes i did well jean used um gillet 303 which i think is sometimes called gillet i don't mm -hmm. know whether it's gillet or gillet anyway i've always called it gillet i, I can't change now <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's fair enough whatever so the, th the 303 that was the one he he um was keen on and I think was probably the one he told us we should get so so I started with that the great thing about that one is um, a very fine point so so you could do um, really fine lines for the for the thin mm -hmm. the thin lines and then it was nice and flexible so it opened up well for the um, for the you know the the thicker line so I used those for for years actually um, but then I felt that the nib quality was no longer as good as it was you know the manufacturer was no longer as good as, as it was and I've heard one or two other people say say the same on that actually so I changed to the Hunt 101 which again has a fine point is flexible uh, but just it's a little bit more robust than than that Gillett one so now I'd, I'd always use the Hunt 101 for, for the, my work. Okay, you use this one, but is it okay for beginners to use also this one or it's more for yes. advanced people? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I was a beginner, the Gillet, I, it was a similar one to the to the Hunt. And I was a beginner, of course, when I started to, to use that. I think sometimes a beginner might might be better with a slightly more robust nib so a, a little less pointed uh, mm -hmm. and a, one that's a little bit stiffer um while you sort of get get the feel of it but i think uh certainly for my work because i want to have I, I really want that swelling line so i need a very flexible lib, nib um but but probably perhaps if you're not used to it it might be slightly more difficult to manage one that that's uh, with such a fine point and it and it's flexible so yeah i see okay and uh, you said also you're right now mostly interested in ruling pens like are there any specific brand ruling pens that you use because i have a few ruling pens but i think my favorite one favorite one is handrhythmic by brody Oh yes, yes. I don't know if you've tried this one or. So I, I yes, I don't have one, but I have, I have tried one, and it was very nice. I must say, yes. Um, the ruling pens I've, I've got, uh, vintage pointed ruling pens. Oh, the uh, the old ones from the compass sets. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um and um, and they. I mean, I've got one um that belonged to a set uh was from a set that belonged to my father now my father was born in 1918 so um and he perhaps had that had it at school so that pen is you know maybe 90 years old something like that now wow. <laughs> i think the vintage ones are great you know if anyone who's interested in that if they could get hold of a vintage one it's it's well uh worth it actually they're not very expensive because you know, people aren't don't particularly want <laughs> to but buy little geometry sets. Where, where um, can you find such stuff? Yeah, well, I would here. I would we would you know you go into a town and you'll find a little antique shop, but not a sort of very expensive sort of antique shop. A bit slightly more what we would call a junk shop. Okay. 
and um, and they have you know all all sorts of things and in, and you might well see find a little wooden box which had a yeah was a was a geometry set and in it would be you know a ruling pen so um, yeah I would but you can probably look online and and find vintage ones as well yeah I think I need to look online because. <laughs> I know Tio Swan, I don't know if you know him, he's in Berlin, and there's also these kind of shops, and he yes. told me one story where he found a book, I don't remember, was it by Rudo Koch or somebody else, but it was a super limited, super special book, there were made only probably 25 in the whole world ever, and he got it for like 5 euros, the person who was selling it didn't know what it is. No, how and wonderful. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, this is so cool that you have such shops because I'm here in Bulgaria. I don't think we have such things, maybe like. Right. And yes. it's I, I I'm not able to find such treasures because. Yes. Wow, like but. So um, yeah, I found certainly I found the vintage ones much better than than a, a modern you know new one that you could buy. They tend seem to have a slightly finer point. The 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 blade is kind of longer. Um, on a pointed ruling pen that there's a little sort of dial on it where you can close and, and open the the tines the blades whatever you like to call them um, and that's usually smaller than the ones now because if you've got some quite a, a large dial it's difficult to often difficult to use that that pen properly because you need to change position in your hand you need to manipulate the tool and so on so yes yes wait but just a sec Yes. <laughs> so, you prefer working with those kinds of uh, ruling pens, right? Because so, yeah. there are also stuff I'd like this. Those. Yeah, absolutely. So I would, I would um, have those the folded one. Well, either like the ones that you've you've got, or a folded, a metal folded pen. Okay. Oh, right. you mean like this? Like that? Yes. Um, but a, but a, um, I've got some that were made by Tim Lee in America, Tim's pens, and they, they are very nice, a, a folded ruling pen. And then, of course, there's the polar pen, you know, make, make your own folded pen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is also self-made, like... Uh, yes, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 my crew member, like Nick, who did actually this, uh, the black one here behind me. He nice, actually, okay. He made this one. I don't know how he made it because it looks super, super professional and I love this one. But uh, what's the one that you said? Where can you buy it? Like you said this name? Um, Tim Lee. Tim Lee? So Tim Lee and, and that's Lee, L-E-I-G-H okay. spelt. Um, and he, um, yeah, made these folded ruling pens and some of them have got a sort of a curved um cut to them and some of them are what he calls a dagger um blade on them so my so question was like which one of the because like they're different and for me like those the small ones the vintage one that you talk about like i've tried them but they seem like either i don't know how to use them or it's very difficult or like i have to do very expressive stuff which i'm not sure that i can so for, with me I feel much more comfortable with something like this or something like hand rhythmic. Yes, yes. I think it depends what you want to do. For example, the pointed ruling. I think some perhaps people feel they might be a bit limited 
and you can just just do a, a sort of a fine line with them because it's a pointed tool. Uh, but no, it depends on how you hold it. You can actually get a wide variety of line widths from a pointed ruling pen. That's mm -hmm. one of the things I learned in my <laughs> workshop. Yeah, that, that was <laughs> about, what a, about I was ruling a... pen techniques. <laughs> I was about to say, like, that's the place where you can learn all this stuff. Just go to your <laughs> class. Yes. But yeah, yes. I'll check this definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Also, guys, I'll leave some links to Rachel in the description if you're interested in her classes. And also, as we already learned, uh, we might have a class together, which will be super exciting. Be wonderful, but, yeah. But yeah. Um, what else? The ruling pens, are, you know, there are various different, obviously, you've just shown different ones, there are, there are all sorts of different types, and that is great, mm -hmm. because they give different sorts of marks, different lines, you can use them for different, different purposes, so they, you know, I think that's what's one of the great things about ruling pens, um, there are so many different things you can do with them. Yeah, and... Uh, mm. So this is covered books. Uh, is there a tip or advice that you uh, that you received from someone that helped you the most with calligraphy? Like, what's this one advice that somebody gave you and it helped you the yes. most? Yeah, I think um, hmm. one of the people who had a very big influence on me was Hans Jürgen Burgert. Um, again, a German calligrapher, and in the early days of letter exchange, when I was talking to you about the, in the late 80s, um, he would come over to London and he, he did a couple of workshops that I went to, um, and he would give lectures and, and, and so on. So we got to know him. And um, I, one, of the, uh, yeah, one of the main things I learned from him is that, well, before, before I met him, I thought that all letters needed to have equal spacing. So you put letters and there should be equal spacing with them, between them. Um, you can move letters up and down to get to, to have movement, but you wouldn't move them horizontally. But then I met him and I found actually that you could do that. So you could set up um, a, a rhythm, a quite a... Um, uh, say something quite angular, quite pointed, quite close together, and then you could have a big open letter. And then you could go back to the previous rhythm. And that was a complete revelation to me. I, it had never occurred to me that it was, you could do, or that it was all right that you could do that. Um, and so that I, I found was a, big, was a big influence on me, his, his ideas about about what you could do with calligraphy was a, was a big influence. And I started, and when I developed my copperplate variations, um, I have done that with some of the letters and that, that comes from him, that, that background that you might pull out a letter so that it's not no longer the same width as, uh, as, um, as others. This is funny because when you're telling it, because while we were telling it, I immediately was thinking of your work and it's true. But at the same time, isn't this what people teach, like, or the masters or like more advanced calligraphers, what they are teaching the people is that you have to have balance and stuff like this. So how is that working? Isn't yes. this against the rules or like? 
don't know. Um, yeah, no, no, no. Well, if there are rules, I love to break them. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think a lot of calligraphers love to break the rules. That's so funny. Yes. Like, like how? Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. If it if I'm told, well, I'm sorry, but it has to be like this. You have to do this, 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 and this. I think no, I don't. <laughs> I'm going to do something different. Oh dear. Yeah. Um, I think, well, I think, I mean, you, you need to learn all the basics, all the, all the formal stuff, all to do with spacing. You need to learn about design and all that on all those things. And when you've, when you've done that, you can then, um, so, you know, inverted commas, break the rules and do, and do something different with them. When you have all that in your background, um, all that knowledge and so on, you can then break out and, and make it work. I see. So, yeah. And what, what do you think about? I'm sure you've seen online, there's a lot of people, they go into the iPads and procreate and they do calligraphy with uh, iPads. Like, yes. Have you tried iPad calligraphy and what are your, your thoughts yes. about it? Um, I, I haven't. I haven't tried it. Um, I think, I mean, it would be good to give it a go and see to see what it was, you know, how what it was like. I feel that I, I suppose if I really wanted to do it, I'd have, I'd have tried by now. Um, I like the ink and uh, the pen, the ink, the brush, whatever, and the paper. And because to a certain extent, you don't quite know what's going to happen as you make that first mark. And um, particularly, say, if you're if you're using a cola pen, you know, you, you can get that wonderful splatter effect um, and the thrill when that happens. <laughs> Even after all these years, you make that line and you just think, wow, look at that. Now, I, I may be wrong, but I don't think you would have that in when one was doing the the um, on the iPad, but I don't really know enough about it. I'm I, it would be one of those things that if someone said, "Look, come on, let me, I'll just show you, try this," then obviously I would I would have a go. But I I I like the ink, the paper, um, the feel of the pen in my hand, and the uh, the different kind of marks that you can make, the different lines you get from from actual an actual tool. Yeah, like I feel the same way as you. Like I'm not such a fan of iPad calligraphy, especially not because there are, I don't know how it's called, but there are some options where even if you write it in a wrong way, it will look correct. And, uh, you know, you, yes. it, it can look like you have skills without you having the skills. And that's what Probably. I don't, well, that's what I don't like about, about iPad calligraphy. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've said it before, if people, would do iPad calligraphy or wanna try it, they should do it at the point when they already have developed calligraphy skills. But yes, I I, I agree. I, yes, yes, yeah. yeah. I also from from the from the examples that I've seen, um, it looks a little bit too perfect. Um, where whereas if you if you look at a, a um, or particularly if an original piece of work, you know you can there is texture there with the ink or the paint or, or whatever you've used. I think it has more life to it. Mm -hmm. um, there's, a, there's a sort of flatness to, to, the, to the work I've seen done on, uh, on an iPad. 
but I really, I don't know a lot about it. So I, I you know, uh, it doesn't particularly appeal to me, but that doesn't mean that, you know, one mm -hmm. shouldn't have a go. So. And then I think you're, you're majorly working on paper, right? Like you do calligraphy on paper and- Yes, pretty much or always, yes. So yes. do you have any specific favorite paper? Because, you know, different uh, materials work with different tools and different things, but through all yeah. these years, did you find some paper um, that you feel most comfortable writing on and what, which would that I be? Do, I, know, I use a lot of layout paper. So there's a Dana Rowney um, layout paper that, that I, so I would start all kind of, you know, having a go get started with it, with, with layout paper. The Rodia paper is very good for copper plate, um, but it's, it's lovely and smooth, just this wonderful. Um, because trying to write on a textured paper with a with a uh, a copper plate nib is a is a nightmare. So <laughs> the smoother the paper, the better. Um, but um, there's a uh, an Angra um, paper that's a black Angra Angra Mitant, I think it's it's called. Um, that uh, no, it's not Angra. It's it's Canson. Sorry, a Canson Mitant. Um, there's black and white and I think various other colours. And that is a smoother on one side and more textured on the other. Um, that I like, particularly the black one for doing white on black um, letters. Mm -hmm. Or um, a watercolour paper, there's, there's a make called Bockingford. Um, you know, that, that's nice for brushwork where you want you want more texture or, or for ruling pens work as well when you really want, want the texture. So, but I would only use probably, you know, about three or four different types of paper. But, and mainly just to, for, for all the kind of practice work I do, I would be using layout paper. So, you, does it mean that you're still practicing? Like? Oh, yes. Yeah? Wait, yes. I, I, I'm confused. Like, <laughs> I, I was a... <laughs> I was about to ask you, like after so many years, how much time do you spend even on calligraphy? But I was not expecting to ask about practice. Like, how does this happen? Like, <laughs> well, yes. I mean, I, I, and, and if I didn't have um, a commission or, or you know, teaching or whatever, something that like that, obviously, um, that that takes time. But if I had have some um, free time, and I think now, what am I going to do? I, I, I would. Um, I would practice, yes. I would think, which tool, what would I like to do? You know, do I want to use a brush or a ruling pen or the pointed pen? Or shall I try and develop more variations or what? You know, so I would make a decision about what I want to do. And then I would just, you know, hours and hours spend <laughs> uh, using that tool and practicing different things and developing different ways of using it or different letter styles or whatever yeah still this, definitely this is yeah. super cool i'm like i'm amazed and i'm like what's it <laughs> what 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 do you think is in calligraphy that makes us like get lost in those letters and like keep writing and keep writing like I know oh. it, it's amazing, isn't it? Actually, yes, yeah. and I, I agree with you because I, looking back at you know the the forty years or so since I've been doing calligraphy, it is still as fascinating now, even after all those years, as it was when I first started. You know, I and, and when you when one thinks well <clears throat> in um, 
in English, we, we have the 26 letters. We, we don't have accents on letters like one would do in some other languages. So it's quite sort of basic, really. And yet, think what we can do with those 26 letters. And it is just endlessly fascinating. It's, yeah, it, I, I don't quite know why it's so fascinating, <laughs> but, it, but it is after, after all those years still to find it absolutely wonderful. Yeah, and which is great, really. Have you ever tried other like uh, languages, like some, like, I don't know, let's say Cyrillic or... Uh, I haven't, no, no? But, the, but when I've seen examples, I mean, the shapes are, are, are wonderful and it would to try, yeah, with some guidance, it'd be great to try it, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, just thinking about I mean, one of the, the most important thing for me is 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 line, is quality of line. So I am fascinated by lines, and and of course, if you think of all the tools we've been talking about, you get a different sort of line. Um, you know, with a with a brush than you do with a cola pen and uh, whatever whichever tool so I I love those lines and it is just endlessly fascinating to play with lines and make make letters from them obviously but what, I think it's a line what do you mean exactly by the line you mean the stroke or is it something specific in the letters I'm a bit confused yeah um no it's like as you pick up the pen say you you dip it into the ink and you start and you make a line okay. or a stroke yes, yes. And that, for me, is is fascinating yes. about that. What you do with that line? How um, is it a very fine line? Is it is it is it quite thick? Has it got a smooth edge to it? Does it have a textured or sort of bitten edge to it? Um, and and of course that varies depending on the tool that you use. But that line or or the stroke. Um, yeah, is for me is just is endlessly fascinating, which is why earlier when I said, you know, you uh, when you you use the, the cola pen and you, and you make one line and it all sort of it, it, it the ink spatters and everything and you just woo, look at that. <laughs> and it and it is even after 40 years, it is still fascinating, even without it turning into a letter, you know, just that line in itself is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I mean that's so funny and so cool at the same time to hear because like I don't know sometimes I, I'm asking just myself like would I always like love calligraphy the same way? Sometimes I'm afraid that it will stop, but now listening that like so much time and you haven't stopped loving it and I can see it oh, and no, hear yes. it and this is yes, just yes. this is just so super cool. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, and I feel and it is absolutely great that I have been able to do that my whole adult life and 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 really you know my love of of, of drawing and uh, so I started when I was a very small child and even after all these years I I still absolutely love it and it, it's wonderful to have been able to to do that yeah so yeah I'm very grateful really you know now with internet I like I've spoken with other people I think like there are so many people in, involved with calligraphy which I think like I, I believe that never before so many people were involved but is this true because I don't know I haven't been living for years before I've been born so I cannot be <laughs> sure I cannot be sure how many people were involved but 
Yes. I don't know, because of internet, I feel like that last few years, there are so many people getting in, into calligraphy. And it's just, just my illusion that it's the time that the most people ever are involved with yes I don't, that is interesting because because we 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 know because because of the internet whereas before then it could be that actually there were lots of people doing it but because we weren't aware um i mean in england there've been um calligraphy well the the society of scribes and illuminators calligraphy society that's a hundred years old now um so and because we had edward johnston um what was the real founder of, of, of calligraphy in um, the sort of more, um, well, not modern, but, you know, um, movement of calligraphy came, came from, from him. Um, so we have a, we've had a big tradition in this country of calligraphy going back, going back a very long way. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, you're right. Whether, how many people were actually um, really doing it I don't know yeah well perhaps the internet would be it's a good thing if people have seen lots of examples and and have thought oh I like that I, I'd like to have a go then if it draws more people in that's good yeah it, it definitely draws more people in but at the same time there are a lot a lot are not learning it the proper way you know yes I like... I I agree with you on that yeah and that's it is a problem that and it's a shame as well because you know because well, well we all know that you need to have a good basis a good start and learn learn all the rules and um and learn from someone good as well um who can point you in the right direction and, and help you and so on um but yes if you don't have that yeah i think it will it ultimately means that the general standard is lowered um which I think it, which I think is a shame. Do you think this can be fixed, or how could it be fixed at all? Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah I mean, <sighs> I mean, in in your opinion, what has to be done in order this to to be fixed? I, I absolutely agree that people need to learn properly mm -hmm. um, and have to have a good a good foundation, and that is done through well through through going to classes or 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 having a, an online class yeah mm -hmm. um but i also think that people have to be prepared to put the time in and you know and, and as we we're saying earlier, you know and the practice and that perhaps not everyone either has the time or wants it to be a, you know, they want to be able to do it just you know just like that <laughs> yeah. um and and perhaps not spend the time um but it, it it's so important to just to learn uh learn all the basics well from a good teacher and and then do a lot of practice it's very 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 important can you share some names of people that you're following today they could be some younger or i don't know people that are calligraphers and that you like or they you you like what they do in general well one you know a bit quite a big influence on me in the last i don't know 10 years or so has been michael clark american lettering um designer okay. and uh he and i did an, uh, quite a few collaborations together so that was a great experience where he did he's uh, of course in america and i'm in i'm in england um he would do part of the piece of work i would do another part of it and and then we would put it together i would i would scan my piece and send it to him and he would put it together in a in a design so we did oh goodness me about 40 50 pieces like that okay so so that i i very much admire his 
his work and he kind of got me back into using ruling pens as well um which i had used in the past but you know had, had sort of stopped a bit and uh, and as i i tell people um if, if they come to my i contemplate variations workshop or as some people now call it yallop plate um the it, it is entirely his fault <laughs> <laughs> because he he encouraged me to to do the variations he he said you know that well it's all very well you know you're doing the formal stuff and you you can do that you know fine what about doing something different so it was through his encouragement that that I started to develop those variations and which, you know, has been, I've thoroughly enjoyed it and been able to pass it on to other people as well. So he, you know, um, um, definitely, there's also uh, Julian Waters. Um, of course, his work is just amazing. Mm. You know, I think his work is lovely. Um, Gemma Black in, in Australia, she does, she does lovely, lovely things um and uh there's an italian calligrapher called chiara riva who's oh. uh, whose work is well she just does lovely she came to a class of mine in italy a few, few years ago and oh it, you know you could you could see just just watching her how how good she is you know so i think her her work is lovely yeah i love um, her work as well and i think she's very young i mean i'm not sure i haven't seen her but Yes, well, I would I would say she was she was young. Yes, <laughs> she's certainly young compared to me. Yeah. Oh come on. <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs> and oh gosh, you know, you and Clayton. Um, I I think he does look. He does you know lovely stuff. And Mike Kessig, American, um, does does wonderful pointed pen things and 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 variations of of that. Very interesting. Um, hmm. He's his work gosh there, uh, there are you know there are so many actually no, I feel I, i'm going to leave people out and, you know but no. i did a lot there are a lot of wonderful wonderful um calligraphers out there yeah there are some really really good people which is oh. which is great it's a uh, it's wonderful to see their work so. awesome then uh i don't know i don't have actually any more questions if if there is something that you wanted to speak about but i didn't ask you i mean yes no i don't yeah um because no, i remember you asking about the, the people who'd influenced me in the beginning as i said that was Werner schneider um mm -hmm. and then hans jokenberger and we mentioned and friedrich popel jean larcher yeah i think we've 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 done we've done those um so yeah that no that probably that probably is is about it yes okay <laughs> then thank you very much rachel for being on the podcast I mean, it was super nice to hear your story. Uh, we will keep in touch to see what we can do collaboration with calligraphy masters and new teaching. I think this would be super nice. I think a lot of people yes. would be interested. And uh, yeah, uh, I, I would be happy to invite you again on a podcast. Like I have another podcast doing with Paul Antonio where you can pop up for like 15, 20 minutes. We discuss different topics about calligraphy. That'd right yes sure that'd yeah. be super nice and yeah thank you for being guests thank you guys for watching thank you for listening uh subscribe like share with your friends uh, go follow rachel yallop uh I, did they pronounce it correct 
that you did. Well oh. done. <laughs> uh, for a second, I was like, wait, wait. Is this... No, no, don't worry. It's a very, it's a very unusual name. So a, a lot of people do get it wrong, but you were absolutely perfect. So yes. <laughs> uh, I, I will leave the links in the description, guys. There will be also some pop-ups here around the screen. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And as always, keep writing. Great. Thank you, too. Okay. Good. Well, okay. well done for what, for what you're doing. It's it's great. So thank yeah. you, Rachel. And you've got yeah. you've got so many followers on Instagram, haven't you? So we're bringing you know, that, which again is good. Well, Lots of just trying to spread, spread the, the love word for calligraphy. Exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know. I mean, I know I haven't done everything the best way, but I mean, everything I'm doing myself, like I, I do all the work for like 15, 20 different people. I do it by myself and. I discovered calligraphy just nine years ago, you know. Really? I, Gosh, wait long. I mean, I, I've always had love for letters, but calligraphy as a term, as what it is, I discovered like nine years ago. And before this, I was just a bartender, you know. So everything that I do is it's purely out of love for, for calligraphy. And, yeah. 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 Oh, that's wonderful. Good. <laughs> awesome. Well, have a nice day or evening. Yes. And, and you. Yes. Yes. And you keep in touch. <laughs> Yes, good, lovely. Okay, bye. Bye, bye. bye. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, guys. Uh, let me know what you think about it. Drop a comment with your favorite moment from the talk with Rachel. And if you want to get a chance to win one of the Calligraphy Masters Alphabet prints, let me know if you are interested to have a workshop with Rachel. And if so, uh, what kind of workshop should it be? Should it be copper plate or something else? I see you this week or next week as always thank you guys keep writing love y'all